We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'll be your host tonight. This is uh, Kevin Knight out in Washington, D.C. And with me tonight is Nate McHugh. How are you doing tonight, Nate? Oh, I'm not, you know, no complaints. Uh, we had a game today, which uh, we lost, but um, I thought we played pretty, we played better than any other team had played against Oakland Craig so far this year. Uh, they've blown just about everybody out. Okay. I mean, they lost one game, but besides that, they've blown pretty much everyone else out and, uh, uh, we were there. So, but we did get it done and, um, and that's okay. But, uh, on a lighter note, I, well, my wife brought up the Golden Globes just before this and she brought, she said something else about it. Um, and, and I said, did you not see, did you hear about the Ricky Gervais uh, monologue and all that? She's like, uh, no. And I'm like, oh, you need to watch it. And then we walked. So we sat, turned on YouTube and we watched it. And she's like, wow. And so that was probably the highlight of my week. How about your week? How was your week? Uh, mine was good. Um, I uh, am learning the trials and tribulations of driving the Baltimore or Washington Parkway every morning. So that's. Uh, that's fun. Hey, you know, it's uh, part of living on the East Coast, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, not to go off too much on a tangent here on um, uh, transportation nerd policy stuff, but um, it it is better that I did this now. About, like, two years ago, they finally went through and started a massive overhaul of um, – maintenance on it because it was long overdue and was just like a pothole strewn mess because um, it's owned by the park service. So um, anyway, it, it's much better now that I'm starting this uh, new job that has me commuting on that than, than if I had done this two years ago. So, you know, some things are looking up. Um, unfortunately, uh, I'll use that transition to focus on the fact that since we last recorded the record for our, Nebraska Cornhuskers is unfortunately not looking up at the moment since we last recorded. They are one and two in conference play. And uh, we'll go ahead and get right down to it with the 79-62 loss to Rutgers. You were at that game, Nate, right? Yeah, I was at that game. Uh, I was um, – I know for, for a lot of the people that listen – I think I was surprised. I guess I how I guess I would say at how overmatched Nebraska was physically uh, against Rutgers, and that's you know that's you know uh, Patrick wrote an article uh, about um, is a preview I think for the Rutgers game and got you know. There's some Rutgers basketball fans that <laughs> seem to follow what we write. I don't know if it's a Q, maybe it was a Q and A or yeah, it, it, yeah, it was a Q and A with on the banks. Um, which I, I'm I'm sorry, I can't not say this. I get confused every time I hear that website. I know the SB Nation site for Michigan State is the only colors, but every single time I see on the banks and it's a Rutgers website, it just throws me off because that's the opening line to the Michigan State fight song is on the banks of the red wow. cedar. And so every time I see Rutgers website on the banks, it's like, why is this Rutgers? I, I know they have the river anyway. Sorry. I, I can't help but complain on that. But yeah, it was, it was a Q and a with uh Rutgers and they um didn't really seem to enjoy uh, some of his, they, they, they didn't take the context quite right of what he said. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of killed him out a little bit, even after the fact and uh, <laughs> and Patrick, you know, joke with us saying, you know, admittedly, you know, I haven't watched that much Rutgers basketball, but it, uh, 
I mean, back, back to the game, I was, you know, like I said, everything that Nebraska would have needed to do to beat a team in which they were physically overmatched, they didn't do, which was, uh, you know, make shots from the outside, take care of the ball, and play, you know, some decent defense. And I was at the game, and there was not much to cheer for except for that halftime act, which was pretty decent if anyone was there. Uh, and, you know, Gervais Green, that's, I think, the last time we saw him. And he's been in the doghouse ever since then. Supposedly, it's because of production. And, and that could possibly be true. Tonight, he, um, he played zero minutes. And supposedly, it's he's just not buying in, not buying in on the def- defensive end. And, you know, it's hard to play, I think, Division one college basketball, if you're not going to play defense or play to the system. So he looks like he could be a great defensive player. He has the body. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. You know, I, I always thought that, and I've said before that Dre Green, while he's in there, uh, the ball seems to stick with him and it doesn't move as well. And I, you know, that's why, uh, Thor was, uh, probably, you know, it's a good thing he's starting now. He, he's probably, more intelligent basketball player um, compared to Jare Green. And I don't know. So I was uh, – Rutgers, I, when I watched that game, they are they, – they look like they're on a mission. Like they are confident. They uh, – I'm like, these, they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. That's what I thought when I watched that game. And there's – I think they're 10-3 now. They're uh, – and after they beat us – they went and beat number 20th ranked Penn State uh, by 11. And they lost you know, tonight to Illinois. But Illinois, I think, is, is – are they undefeated in conference? Or are they – No, no, they're, they're not um, undefeated. They, they, one, uh, one they've loss. fallen at least to one team. Uh, I remember that off the top of my head. Cause I know they're in sole MSU, possession of second but, place. I thought they were in first place in the conference. Uh, no, no, they're def- there's one team and one team only in first place. Illinois is four and two. They've lost to Michigan state and I don't remember the other team off the top of my head. Uh, uh, I think Michigan, lost Michigan. Michigan state yeah. and Maryland. Was it Maryland? I thought yeah. it. No, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Okay. They lost 59 by one. Oh yeah. Cause it was Michigan lost to Illinois. That was it. How did I forget that? I laughed at that so hard when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, I, yeah, I think yeah, Rutgers I, is the real deal. I was impressed. I was, uh, you know, and maybe it's, it's just, I was just impressed by their size because they and they were they were really physical, and they had this uh, point point guard. And I'm guess I'm guessing on the number now, uh, 24. It was an odd number for a point guard, and he was talking the whole time. And I'm like, he's one of those guys that. Uh, um, if you know, if he's on your team, you're a big fan. But if he's not, oh man, you just hate that guy. And, Is it a uh, Ron Harper Jr. Tw- uh, number twenty-four? No, no, it's Ryan. not him. No, it's uh, I know I said that number, but uh, forty-two. Maybe it was forty-two. Jacob Young. Um, if I pull up this picture, this is great. It's uh, not him either. But yeah, and he made Cam Mack. I mean, Cam Mack guarding him, he had issues, and uh, he made him look really bad on defense. And that's you know, Cam Mack is really smart on offense, and we've talked about that before. But his defense—he's kind of a liability on defense. But you need him in the game because he does so much for the team, and he—you know—that's what he does. But you know, Red Rutgers, you know. Hats off, off to them. I hope they do really well in the conference and they get to the NCAA tournament because I they're kind of fun to watch and their their uh, bench really gets into it too. So that's you know that's kind of what I got from that game. I mean, I I gotta say, hats off to Steve Pacal. I think I said that right. Um, you know, I I said in the preseason write up on them that. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that transferred to Oregon, who was their star player last year, but I had them 
kind of it, had he stayed, I think most everybody would have put them closer to the middle of the pack. Um, but when he transferred, I just didn't think that they were going to have the offensive firepower to finish the conference season kind of in in middle of the pack of the Big Ten, upper middle pack of the Big Ten. But, I mean, so far, I we all know Rutgers is known for just power rebounding and getting those second chance points. But, um, I mean, 33% shooting from three point and 54% overall from the floor is pretty good shooting. And combined with their rebounding prowess that they'll have most nights, that's that's going to be something that's going to do well even on the road in the Big Ten. And they're going to be more than a tough out with that because um, that's how I had described them was a tough out. Uh, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll, eat, uh, I'll eat crow on that, so to speak, at this point. Um, it's still early in the season, by all means. Uh, lots can happen between now and March. But if they continue like they are now, uh, man, it might not be the – the uh, butt end of jokes, so to speak, but we'll, we'll see. So it's long season and hats off to them on a strong start thus far. That's for sure. They look like a solid conference tournament or uh, NCAA tournament team at this point. And they're third in the conference right now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're tied for third technically with uh, let's see, one, two, three, four teams total are tied for third, but, you know, I mean, that that's that's not nothing. So, um, and I mean, out rebounding 48 to 31, that's. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to do you very well in this one. Um, let's go really quick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Down low. They are um, they were like men among boys as far as down low. Uh, they. I mean, I guess I can check the roster here, but I mean, six ten, yeah, Miles Johnson, yeah, he had, he might have had five dunks in that game, and it, and they were like boom, like thunderous dunks, and you know, it, and that, we knew that coming into this year that we were going to be undersized, and that's and you know, but the order, if you're undersized, you got to be able to hit outside shots in that game. I think. We were, uh, was it three or, uh, what was our three point percentage or three point? 20, 26%, eight of 31. Eight of 31. I mean, come on. Anyways, and so my, and I, as you were talking, I was thinking one last thing I wanted to bring up was Kevin Cross. Okay. I have said I'm not the greatest fan of his play. I should say I'm not, it's not that I'm not the greatest fan of him. I don't know him. Uh, right towards the end of the game, uh, it was kind of still a little bit of a game. Maybe maybe within you know eight or ten points, they are shooting a free throw, and they miss it. He makes zero attempt, from what I could tell, to box out. They get the guy goes right around him, gets the offensive rebound, dunks it. He then he does what. You generally see from like a uh, junior high, junior, you know, C team type of basketball player, you know, kind of, oh crap, I messed up, gets the ball out of the hoop, goes, got a bounce, and throws it in right away to, you know, the point guard and gets intercepted. And it, you never see that in college basketball, rarely ever. I mean, you know, you see, you know, passes get intercepted, but it's not the, not the, oh, no, no, I need the ball out right away, and I'm not paying attention because, you know, I'm mentally I'm not there. and But he gets saved by a Hoiberg timeout. And I was like, oh, and no one's going to talk about it because no one noticed it, but he got saved. And that's just – and I talked in the Slack chat room a little bit uh, that he offensively, that is what he brings is he's above average at this point. On the offensive end, he can shoot outside, you know, to Most the games, not, Yeah. Not this and, one. Yeah. And, uh, he, and he can make it around the hoop, like kind of mid range. Not, I'm talking about jumpers, but kind of, you know, making a couple moves to the hoop. But his defensive effort and intensity, and I say that like there's effort and then there's like intensity 
Like those are two different things to me. And he just doesn't bring it. I think he's still trying to play defense like he did in high school, which he probably didn't have to play much. And to his credit, he is a true freshman. And he, if he stays here and he gets better on that end, he could be a really good player because he's such a, he's so, so skilled offensively. And so, you know, I, but, but just that, that sequence of not boxing out on a free throw and then just turning around, going out of bounds and just throwing it in without even looking to see if, you know, someone's, oh, by the way, covering the point guard, that's just, a, that's like a junior high C team move. And that, and that you can tell he's probably flustered and all that because he knew he messed up. So he's a freshman, true freshman. So, uh, I'm aware of that, but. Uh, I hope he keep, I hope he plays better because Nebraska de- could definitely use him. Almost oh, definitely. Um, and I, I mean, he he had an off game against Rutgers. He was two of five from two point range and zero for four from three point range. So, Ed, which brings me to one last thing that I personally have to mention in regards to the Rutgers game is I did see a lot of chatter about Nebraska being disrespectful about Rutgers in their post game press conference. Really? One of the things I that hear, they, I, I didn't hear that. So I, I yeah. Don't know. So one of the things that uh, some of the Rutgers fans took offense to with Patrick was they didn't think that he had ever watched any Rutgers games this season, and you know he was being disrespectful in how he talked about them. And on that front, some of the things that they were taking offense to what the uh, Husker players said in the post game conference uh, press conference just demonstrated that they didn't watch any Nebraska games so far this season until this one because Nebraska has been hot and cold in scoring in games all season. And with all due respect to Rutgers defense, which was good, their shooting from outside has been inconsistent, hit or miss. They're hot or they're not. And in all honesty, there's really very little defensively that teams do in college basketball of any team. It doesn't matter if your name is Duke. It doesn't matter if your name is Michigan State, Kansas, Oregon, Washington State, or, you know, name some Joe Schmo, barely a D1 school that ranks 350th in Ken Palm. Nobody really actually has much of an effect on three point shooting with their defense. And the fact is, is that in this game, Nebraska was just cold. They were cold shooting, and that's why it was a 79-62 to 62 game. With all due respect, Rutgers probably would have won had we been hitting shots. They were that good of a team, but it was a blowout because Nebraska had a cold night because they're a hot and cold team all season. Yeah, and, and sometimes uh, shooting percentage, particularly from the three-point line, has to do with the quality of the shot. And, uh, I mean, you, you can force up and sometimes, uh, you know, Thor, like I'm going to fight this with Hoiberg for a while, I think, until he gets guys that can actually run his system how he wants. But, you know, it just, some of the shots drive me nuts and they always will. And until they have guys that can make those contested three pointers, off of ball screens. Um, Thor made some when the guy, his defender get, went under the ball screen. And when he can do that, that, you know, that's, that's almost like extra to me. And maybe it's because he's left handed. And sometimes when, you know, someone's a left handed jump shooter, it just looks wrong because everyone's right. Everyone, most other people are right handed. Uh, but he's, and, and maybe I'll, I'll come over to his side as far as maybe he's a really good three point shooter, but I, I'm not there yet. Uh, he might, but maybe he's one of the better ones we have because Kavas, for some reason, I, I when I was at the Rutgers Rut, Rut, game, he looks like he, he is swimming. I'm not sure, like his, uh, some of the release, some of his releases just look wrong. He airballed a three, I think, against Rutgers. Uh, Kavas is somewhat underperforming, uh, in my opinion, or from what I expected. I think he's rushing, rushing some shots. So a lot of that, you know, kind of 
has to do with, you know, being cold from the three point line because I think, you know, they rely on Cam Mack as well to get him a shot. And if you can't, then that really makes things difficult. And then you have the shot clock. But, um, anyways, so that's all I got on Rutgers, unless you got anything else. Yeah, you know, that's pretty much, I think we spent probably enough time on, on that one. Uh, Kavas was one of five, um, total from the three point range on that. But, um, at, at cold three point shooting, I think is as good as any transition to our next game in uh the lineup which is one that i'm sure all cornhuskers are familiar with by now 76 nebraska 70 iowa (laughs) that's right hawkeye fans you went down 12 percent shooting from three-point range in this one um games that way four of 33 though I've heard it pronounced uh, differently than how I've I learned to say it, and to be honest, I hate hearing it said that way, whether that's the correct way to pronounce it or not. Um, but Iowa played Penn State at the I say it the Palestra, um, and I can't even remember how announcers have been saying it all week. But it is the Cathedral of College Basketball, the original indoor. Uh, modern, so to speak, arena built in North America for the sport of college basketball. And it doesn't have air conditioning. Go figure. So when Iowa played Penn State in the neutral court game, uh, the, what was it? On Saturday, uh, prior to the Tuesday night game, it was in the eighties on the court and they brought in industrial fans to try and cool the players, uh, and, Clearly, you could see that that game took a toll on on Iowa. Uh, it's not taking anything away from Nebraska. It was a huge win, but it's just to set the context, I think, fairly that Iowa clearly had an off game with being tired off that one, and the Cornhuskers took advantage of it with one of their better played games of the season thus far. And we cream them way more, I think, than the score shows of 76-70. So did you say that Penn State didn't have air conditioning? So, was that so it was a neutral court game. Um, this is the okay. second time that Penn State has done that, done this, because um, I actually was there for the first time that they did it. Uh, the Palestra is uh, it, an arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, in 2016, um, well, I guess January 2017, so the 16-17 season, Michigan State played Penn State there as what was the equivalent of a Penn State home game. So instead of playing at Bryce Jordan Arena in Happy Valley on Penn State's campus, uh, they played in Philadelphia. It's kind of a recruiting in for Pat Chambers, uh, the Penn State coach. So what they have did again with Iowa was they played Iowa at the Palestra, um, which is – uh, I, I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. I, it's Penn, uh, University of Pennsylvania's home court, essentially, but it's shared with like three other schools in Philly. Um, all use the arena. Um, but it's from roughly, I, I want to say the 1910s is when it was constructed. So, I mean, it's, it's the original modern style indoor basketball arena. And so. 1927. Okay. That, I was completed, completed. Completed. close enough. Yeah, completed. Yeah, close enough. So, yeah. um, yeah, if, cool. if you, yeah, if you ever have a chance to go, go see a game there. Um, in fact, actually, to be honest, Bill Moose, if you ever hear this, get Penn State to schedule a game against us there. Just do it. It's it's worth it. Play a game there. Just do it. Come on. Yeah, um, yeah. It said in two thousand they spent two million dollars. Renovating the the uh, Palestra or Palestra, <laughs> and yeah, they, uh, they, they said it Palestra is how they say. It. I yeah. I like Palestra. I don't know. It sounds better to me. But yeah, I, uh, they, they had a museum. Um, it celebrates Philadelphia basketball. Uh, so that I mean, if you got place that it's a museum, I mean that's got to mean something, right? So that's well, you know, we I guess we appreciate. Uh, Penn State doing that to help us beat Iowa because I wasn't expecting us to beat Iowa. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and so one of the chemi- uh, one of the McCaffrey brothers was out for this one. Obviously, uh, Jordan Bohannon um, is out for the season, as we learned quite a few weeks ago. Um, but I mean, Jordan Weiskamp, one of the best three point shooters in the conference, one of ten. Luke Garza, oh of uh, from the three point line, uh, one of the best three point shooters, and he was one of ten. Christian McCaffrey, three of seven. Uh, Toussaint, 0 of 5, uh, Craner, 0 of 3, Garza, 0 of 4, Evelyn, 0 of 3, and Pemsel, 0 of 1. <laughs> For a grand total of 4 of 33 from the three-point line. I mean, this is just a colossal failure by uh, Fran McCaffrey of not going down to Garza sooner in the game. Although even when they did, we were still triple teaming Garza because uh, that, that was a kind of our main um, our, our main game plan was making sure that we uh, shut down Garza down low, which is not easy to do at all. And second of all, I mean they just couldn't hit the broadside of a barn from three point range and let him jack it up and and shut down the lane to Garza and don't let him get the ball to even try. Just perfect execution by Nebraska, it, essentially in this one. I, I think, but yeah. Well, you said uh, well, well Camp is one of the best in the country. You know, sometimes you get those games where they go one and ten. Uh, earlier this year, um, the you know, team I coach for uh, a team we were playing against. The game before, their best player, um, he went zero for nine from three. And we knew he's a dead eye shooter. And uh, he went, I think it was seven for eight from three against us. And it's like, and we, you know, we had hands up and we, you know, we did everything we, you know, we, we tried to do. And, you know, they just have those games, you know, one for 10. If you're one of the best three point shooters in the country, I mean, one for 10, you're going to have those games. And then not only did he have those games, but the rest of the team did, except for McCaffrey. And I mean, their starters, um, besides those two, when a, a uh, combined 0 for 12, I mean, that, 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 that makes it hard to win. And just like against Rutgers, you know, if you're not hitting threes, especially in today's game, you know, it makes it tough. 12% is hard. Shooting 12% from three is hard to win a game doing that. So. Yeah, it was it was not <laughs> it was not a good good night for them. Um, well, having said that, they uh, offensive rebounds. I mean, this is just par for the course for how many they missed. Uh, it was nineteen to six rebounding advantage for them on the offensive end. But I'm, I mean, Nebraska was almost thirty nine percent from three. So bear that in mind when you focus on rebounds on the offensive end. Is sometimes a factor that large can just be the fact that you're making shots. But the defensive end, 29 Iowa, 28 Nebraska. We actually went toe-to-toe with with Iowa on that. That's not too bad. Um, Turnovers were even, 11-11. We had seven steals and 16 assists. I mean, it's just just a solid stat line by, by everybody. Thor had... A career game with 17 points. He went 50% from three-point range, making three of six, and overall going uh, three of um, three for three from field uh, two-point range as well. So um, Cam Mack got the double-double with 15 points and 10 assists. That solid game, honestly, it, it was. It was well executed, um, and in this one. Uh, as we all all know, uh, Gervais Green did sit out. Um, afterwards, Hoiberg was asked about it, and he said that he took a look at production and considered the fact that um, the two games that Nebraska won uh, or, or were competitive in, um, you know, Green was not in, and the ones that he was in, they weren't necessarily in conference play to that point. And he, he sat the bench for it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what that is. So with, with grain, um, 
But yeah. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. Um, for all you know, Nebraska basketball fans, coming, you know, after Hoiberg, you know, comes in, he, you know, essentially tells a bunch of guys, "Hey, you might want to go somewhere else." Brings one person back from that team, and that's Thor, Thor Jarnison or whatever. If that, I don't know, if that might not even be close, but. Uh, with uh, and I'm actually somewhat impressed, you know, by Hoiberg for like, I'm not entirely sure how, you know, if you watched film on him or what, but he's like, you know, I think this guy could, could help us this year. I, I would love for someone in the media to ask him that question. Like of all, you know, what did you see in him? And because in this win against Iowa, Cam Mack played 39 out of 20 minutes. Sorry, 39 out of 20. 39 out of 40 minutes. Thor was second 36. So I, at least for me, I did not expect Thor to play 36 out of 40 minutes in a win, in a conference win this, you know, in this season. And that that's a testament to him for sure. Um, so that's pretty, you know, he got nine rebounds, 17 like you said, 17 points. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's probably the best storyline of the season, maybe, you know, is how well he's playing and how when Jay Green went out or sorry, when he got in trouble, that all of a sudden the team just played better. And cause Thor is in there cause, you know, cause he moves the ball well. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing, if you have the second amount of minutes, that shows you how important he is. Oh yeah, definitely. I, as you know, because I've said it before on the podcast a couple times, I'm a big Thor fan. Um, I I also know um, in the comments this week, a couple people have kind of duped it out a little bit on what their thoughts on Thor were regarding whether Miles utilized him or not. Um, and it, I mean, just to you know, because this is a podcast and we give our opinion, I'm gonna give my own now. Uh, Thor has always been a phenomenal defender as a freshman and sophomore under Miles and as a junior under Hoiberg now. Um, I think regarding his offensive talent so far this season, though, uh, I think it's a two-part thing. One, he fits a system that Hoiberg runs better. He's a slasher to the basket. He likes a fast-paced offense. That's what his offensive style was prior to college when he played in Iceland, and that's what Hoiberg's style is. But Having said that, that's not to say that he was necessarily going to be an offensive uh, production machine under Miles, even if that's what Miles ran. You know, you can look at countless players that develop over the four-year college career, and they're not necessarily <coughs> sorry, they're not necessarily somebody who, as a freshman or sophomore, do have the kind of production that you would have expected. I mean, it was what was it like two point four points per game that he averaged as a sophomore last year. You know, yes. um, yeah, something, yeah. yeah, something close to that. That's not necessarily because he was somebody who was in practice lighting up the basket. Uh, that was something that I think you'll see he worked on over the summer and developed. Was Miles system something that he was ever necessarily going to flourish under? Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. Uh, was he maybe somebody who would have developed better on the floor under Miles had he seen more playing time? Also, maybe, but the guys ahead of him were proven offensive productions. So, yeah, it, it's a tit for tat. Who never, who really will know? Uh, regardless, I'm glad he stayed. I'm glad Hoiberg knew to keep him. And he's somebody I want to see on the floor uh, as much as he's going or as much as he is now. But having said that, we will take a break for a moment and then we will come back to break down, uh, the, uh, the unfortunate loss to the other NU and talk a little bit about Iowa State. So we'll be back in a moment. And we're back. So before we get to the unfortunate results of today's game, as we record this on Saturday night, let's focus on some positives here. Charlie Easley, Lincoln Pius's own uh, walk-on with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Before he got on the plane to Chicago to go play in Evanston, Illinois, Learn some good news. Uh, what was that news, Nate? Uh, I think um, he asked his girlfriend to marry him. Is that right? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he he got a scholarship, a, uh, which is 
you know, su- surprising, yes. And, uh, I mean, but I mean, like after the fact, you're like, yeah, maybe cause he, he's in the rotation. He's in the top eight. It looks like now that looks like, um, unless things change, looks like Hoiberg has a rotation of about eight guys and he's been the one getting about, you know, 12 minutes here and there. And that's, that's, that's great for him. He's a freshman. I mean, sometimes you get these walk-ons that might pop up, you know, junior year. And uh, so it's great. It's great news for him. Great news for uh, Lincoln, uh, the city of Lincoln, as far as the basketball uh, community. Uh, I've said before, um, we were talking about, you know, some of the, the high, the high school programs around here, like, you know, North North has like four guys that are going to play division one basketball basketball around here is getting a lot better. And I think football is maybe a little bit too. Uh, it, it, it'd be great. You know, if all of a sudden we're starting to pump out some great Nebraska, you know, basketball players from high school from Nebraska. So, uh, congratulations to him. Cheers. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Definitely well earned. I mean, any any guy as short as him who goes out on the floor as a true freshman and boxes out Matt Harms the way he did when we played Purdue. Good God, man, give that guy a scholarship. I'm I'm not even joking. Like I don't care what school gives him the scholarship, give him one. Like he's he's earned it with some tough play on the court. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I think it's a well deserved and bright future ahead. So. Um, not, not, it's surprising, but also not at all. He was somebody who you definitely figured was going to earn it eventually and, um, hats off to him for earning it now. Yep. Congrats to him. But unfortunately that caps our good news for the night for the rest of the show. And now on to the bad news. Uh, the Owen four before this game, Northwestern Wildcats, the other NU of the conference. Got their first win of the season when Nebraska visited earlier today. Uh, final score, 62-57. Perfect. Actually, they were, I think, uh, pick, uh, Vegas had them, five, I think, five and a half or five point uh, favorites. You know, it's, I don't know, I... Guys, I you know I say guys, I'm talking about fans, you know, men, and women. Nebraska basketball, just expect this this year. Uh, we're gonna have some highs and we're gonna have some lows. This is not low. I mean, it's Northwestern. I know they're they're six and nine, you know, one and four in the conference now. Uh, but guess what? We we. I mean, I, I don't. Know. How many conference wins should we expect this year? I mean. Because we got, <laughs> it's funny, we, we got a, you know, I would say an upset win over Purdue, got an upset win over Iowa. And at that time, leading into the game, I would say it would have been kind of a letdown against Rutgers. And this is definitely a letdown against Northwestern. You know, it's, I don't know, it's par for the course. I don't know. It's, you know, we were down by 18 at one point and, we slowly came back and came back and just couldn't finish at the end. And I guess there's, if you want to hang your hat on anything, it's the fact that, yeah, we were down. Nebraska was down. And they made it a game right at the end, which they didn't do against Rutgers. They tried, but they just couldn't do it. And so I don't I, – I, I'm not heartbroken about it. You know, I'm not upset about it. Uh, just because, you know, coming into conference play, I, I was struggling to find wins. And we've gotten two against, you know, I always talked about Purdue. That's the, the team that I thought there's no way. There's no way we beat Purdue because they're so big. You know, Matt Harms, as you can just picture him, his Russian haircut. And, you know, we've talked about the haircut, right, you and I? And, uh, yeah, so um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it, to me it's kind of like whatever. I don't know. It's I wasn't expecting a win. Uh, I don't know. Either was Vegas. So 
Yeah. Well, what I mean, well, what, what what do you think coming away from that unfortunate I mean, I, loss? Uh, I it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I I said in my preseason preview, Northwestern is a team that might sneak up on people. That was clearly wrong. That's not going to be the case with them. But they still have some young talent, even without, uh, namely Boo Booey, uh, is the biggest name that comes to mind. Um, he's out. Initially, it was supposed to be a high ankle sprain. We found out it was actually a stress fracture, which is unfortunate because, I mean, everything else aside, Boo Booey is just a freaking cool name. I mean, can we just take a second to admit that Northwestern ranks number one, if not the conference, number one in the country for the best name for a player with Boo Booey. That's Boo-Booey. that's a pretty fun name. Um, what, what, what do you think his nickname is? Is it just Boo? Boo? I'd, uh, <laughs> probably. I mean, right? Like, why yeah. why try to toy too much with a name that's already so perfect? Hey, right? boo. Hey, boo. That's got to be boo. Yeah. That, that is a great name. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, so he he had built his way up already to a starting role and second leading scorer on the team. He's clearly going to be out for a while. Anthony Gaines uh, is um, out with for the season with sol- uh, shoulder injury, um, shoulder surgery, rather. And uh, A.J. Turner is still I believe day today. Um, we did see him. No, no, I just said that he played 34 minutes against us, uh, and was three of seven from three point range and four of nine overall from, from the floor. So, uh, he was back. Um, I mean, they're a depleted roster, but they have some young talent and that definitely showed today. I mean, they shot almost 35%. They were 10 of 29 from three point range. Uh, they almost upset Indiana at home who beat Ohio State today, the number 11 team in the country. And, you know, you probably remember, uh, all of you listening, that Nebraska took Indiana to overtime. And, you know, Northwestern almost beat them. They were up 10 in the second half fairly late, but didn't manage to hang on. Uh, they're, they're a good team any given day, just like any team in the Big Ten this year is, is a good team any given day. I mean, it is utter chaos in the Big Ten. And frankly, a 62-57 loss to them, even if it was their first win in conference play, they're now one in four. You know, they're a decent team. They really are. And hats off to the fact that the Cornhuskers didn't give up. That, that I think is something uh, to, to take home from this, you know, um, I mean, shots once again, just weren't falling. We were 31.3% from the floor and we still managed to battle back and come back. And we were down three with just under a minute to go. It wasn't the best offensive possession following that, uh, when we could have maybe tied it up, certainly room for improvement in that. But I'm at the end of the day, Every team in this conference is going to have some losses and they're going to have some baffling losses. So that's, I, I think that's more or less my takeaway. Um, and I mean, they, they kept it competitive rebounding 42 to 46 overall. Defensive end was 33 38, but they won on the offensive board nine to eight. That's, that's something positive. I, I think honestly, none of us expected them to win any rebounding battle early on this season, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely was fairly bleak on it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so I'm looking at the three-point three percentage, sorry, three-point percentage, 30% for this game, for Nebraska. And then you look at the field goal percentage, which generally it should be, you know, maybe 10 points higher or 15, you know, 15 points higher. Is uh thirty one point three percent, and I'm thinking, uh, that's not that's not ideal, uh, at all. If you know, yeah. Anyways, and then I'm like, oh, I wonder what Northwestern, you know, Northwestern, you know, they shot better around the basket. And I'm like, okay, let's you know, free throws, and just like every other game, Nebraska for some reason shot fifty four percent from the free throw line. 
That's college basketball. Come on, guys. I, you know, I think they're getting – I think it's in their heads. And then I, you know, I see the only attempt, 11 free throws. And I'm like, that's not good enough, guys. And then I'm like, I don't know, you know, I'm sure Northwestern probably had a, you know, a whole bunch more than that, right? They shot five free throws. Northwestern did. The entire game, five free throws. And, and you know. And they were two of five, 40%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, whatever. I know it's just. It, to me, it looks like too. It looks like bad basketball to me, and that's, you know, that's sometimes how it happens. So, yeah, I don't, know. I don't, you know, yeah, all I, you know, unless you have anything else to say, you know, if this trend keeps, you know, if anyone wants to feel better about anything, it's that this trend, if it keeps going, is we're going to beat Ohio State, we will, and that's who's coming next. And they're, you know, you, you know, they're ranked 11th, right? 11th in the country, 13th in the, the Big Ten. This uh, is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where we, yeah, we might I, beat them at this rate, at this rate. Quite possibly. I mean, the, the thing that I want to see at the end of the season and it, this is adding on to our, uh, Christmas edition special, um, here. I'm going to add a sixth thing that I want for my Christmas wish list, which is to stop having to listen to announcers point out the fact that I think it's the third worst in the country out of what is it? 353, 354 D1 schools in the country. Sounds Nebraska good. is ahead of three. No, I'm sorry that they rank ahead of two because it's third worst. They rank ahead of two other schools in free throw percentage. Good God, Coach Hoiberg, just tell him to go into the gym and go shoot 20 free throws a day, and they should get out of that ranking within a week. Like, how are they this bad? I just stop having to hear me hear that stat. It makes me want to claw my eyes out. It's an epidemic. It is. It's. I think it's or a team. And, I, and I'm actually somewhat serious about that. Like, you, you – if you are a member of a team that is terrible at free throws, you kind of adopt that mindset. You're like, okay, wait. You know, it's almost like a, I think it's on your shoulders a little bit as you're shooting. And when you miss it, you're like, yeah, see, I'm part of that. You know, it's a mental thing. And I, the only thing you could do is just shoot free throws. I don't know. You know, you can, what we do is we always have our kids. Before we shoot free throws in practice, we gotta do some conditioning because you gotta be able to shoot free throws when you're tired. Uh, and I'm sure they do that. Hoiberg, he's, he knows what he's doing. And I think it's just an, an epidemic of, uh, you know, free throws are just not our thing, you know. And the bad part is, yeah, you know, we get a team in bonus. We get, you know, we get to the hoop, get fouled and we miss a, a front end of one on one, you know the front end of a one-on-one. So yeah, it makes it tough, but it is what it is. Oh yeah. It's I'll exactly. take, you know, you know, I'll take this. I, I'm what I enjoy watching the team that we have now compared to the team we had in the beginning, which makes sense, but it's just, you see guys that are willing to share the ball. We're excited to play with each other. Uh, and that's fun to watch, even though that, like, you know, we lost tonight. Uh, but I'll take that team. I'll take that team over a team that looks like they're not excited to play with each other. Uh, Cam Mack, by the way, played 40 minutes tonight. I don't know if he ever came out, uh, but the box score says he played 40 minutes. And unless I'm wrong, 20 plus 20 is 40. Is that correct? I don't know. And, and, you know, he, um, I. I mean, I'm not a math major. That might be 39, might be 41. 41. Definitely, definitely 41. Two plus one equals five, right? That's, so he played 41 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll take, you know, I'm excited to, I'll, I'll go with this team. I'm sure Hoyberg will too. And that's why he's like, yep, these are my guys. Javay Green, until you figure out how, what you want to do on defense, if you want to buy in. If that's what it is, 
then you can sit there on the bench. And if you don't want to do that, then you can go transfer and waste another year. That's up to you. Uh, if you don't want to be a part of this team, by the way, you know, who are having fun, it looks like, who are playing for each other, then, you know, go for it. So, uh, yeah. Most definitely. And I, the, and I, don't get me wrong. I, uh, for anybody listening, I definitely think that this is just night and day more of a team now than it was in the first game of the season, by all means. I, I definitely think that they're positive. I just, um, you know, I come from a background where I know one guy who missed what would have been a game winning free throw in his high school basketball tournament or a basketball title game, uh, his senior year of high school. And since then has gone out and shot about a hundred free throws a day for the rest of his life every day. And that guy is Hall of Fame coach Tom Izzo. <laughs> So, you know, what I say, like, you need to make free throws. And there's there's years where those guys are bad with free throws. And it's like, how the hell did Tom Izzo let this happen? It it happens to any team that they aren't particularly good at it. It's just, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's nice to see happen. But by all means, I'm I'm just, I, re- I am enjoying the progress of the season. And it, it's fun watching these guys start to gel and play better. Um, and I, I am excited to see how the rest of the conference season goes. Um, but one thing I, I'll correct real quick as we, uh, I think take this opportunity to transition to the Ohio State preview real quick. We, we don't have a lot to say about it, but I said Ohio State is number 11 in the country and they're 13th in the conference. As of today, thanks to Ohio State losing and Northwestern winning, they are now tied for 14th. Or I guess technically they'd be tied for 13th. Uh, uh, is that how that works? I, I suppose. Nobody's in 14th or are they tied you. for 14th? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, so uh, let's just, let's enjoy the chaos here for a second by breaking this down. Michigan State sits in first place, uh, clear away five and oh right now in the conference behind them is a log jam of one, two, three, four teams at three and two. Oh, I'm sorry. Illinois is four and two. So Illinois is second in the conference right now. Clear in a way, they are ranked second right now. And behind them, tied for third, is Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, and Wisconsin at three and two. So we have a four-way tie for third place. Then behind them, is Michigan at two and two. And then behind them is Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, Minnesota, and Penn State, all tied at two and three. And I, I don't, uh, to be blunt, I'm not good enough with math off the top of my head to tell you what uh, the log jam and, um, at, at two and three is. And I, I don't know what Michigan is off the top of my head there, but. I mean, all of those teams are tied for whatever place that is at that point. And then you have Ohio State and Northwestern sitting in last at one and four. And Ohio State is currently ranked in the AP at number 11. And they're on a four-game losing streak and have lost three straight conference games. No. (laughs) This is just fun. This is a fun conference season so far. Yeah, because your your team's five and zero, right? <laughs> I well, I mean, come on, it's fun even regardless of that. Like this yeah, is just know, fun looking at the chaos that it I is. Get it. I know. I, 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 know. I, I just yeah, it's just like Ohio State. It's like I love being in you know, Ohio State football. Yeah, I love being in the Big Ten. You know, because yeah, because you, you dominate everybody. You know, but yeah, and, and I think you know. I'm a big fan of Michigan State. I'm a big fan of Tom Izzo, so I got no qualms with that. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, the uh, the conference records are it's kind of fun to watch, and I'd love to, and I wonder I'll be interested to see if teams start separating themselves beyond you know Michigan State because uh, so Ohio State's got some uh, room to make up, and they get to you know get another one on Tuesday against you know against Nebraska. Uh, five thirty 
uh, Central Time on FS1. So we will likely win. By the way, we will likely win because that's just how the season has gone. It it definitely is up and down of back and forth, uh, so to speak. Um, I mean, Caleb Wesson is going to be interesting to see what exactly we have to answer um, to for that because I I mean to, similar to Purdue with Matt Harms, I, I I don't know who we have on the roster that could possibly uh, come out against him. I, I mean. To, do you have anybody off the top of your head you can think of that we're, we're going to have to do that? Caleb Wesson. Oh, Kevin Cross. Kevin Cross is a lockdown defender. Um, he will be there to to uh, shut down Caleb Wesson. That is the guy, uh, Kevin Cross. I will put my uh, wallet on it. Let's see. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Let me – how tall is Caleb Wesson anyway? Let's see. Six nine. He's 6'9", 270. That's really, right. He's only 6'9". Huh. Yep. And right. you, you rounded up a pound. He, he's 269 pounds, according to a Google machine. Yeah, so uh, he that's right up Kevin Cross's uh, you know, wheelhouse. Uh, big, uh, athletic, tall guys. And, uh, yep, he does very well on defense and with them. I, like I said, Kevin Cross is my uh, the guy that I think could be a lot better. You, 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 know, you don't criticize guys unless you think they can be better. So, at least for, from my point of view, because if guys just aren't very good, you just kind of, you kind of just almost ignore them. Kevin Cross could be a lot better. And that's why I'm more critical of him. I want him to be better. And I think he can be better. Can he guard Caleb Weston? I highly doubt it at this point. So he would hardly be the first freshman to come out of nowhere and just have a, mind-bogglingly breakout game by by any means. So Indiana Indiana beat uh Indiana beat Ohio State by twelve and Nebraska went to overtime with Indiana. So if you compare scores, which you can't in basketball because it's just you just can't do that. And uh Nebraska will win. Count it here. Nebraska wins by five. I'm calling it right now. Night. I'm going to go with seven. I'm going to go with seven. Seven point Nebraska win. Nebraska wins by seven? Yeah, it will be 77 to 70. Huskers <laughs> win. Uh, Value City Arena is not exactly the most intimidating place to play. It's for as large as it is, for as fancy as it is, it is a sterile environment with very little uh, going for it in terms of crowd input in the game. And therefore I think it's 77 to 70 Nebraska Cornhuskers win. All right. So Kevin has this by seven. I have us by five. Patrick has us losing by 30. So that's how uh, maybe let's see anything else. That's all I got for this podcast. Well, I I didn't say this about MSU in the standing, so I'm going to insert this and uh, subject you all to it because of Nate trying to to ridicule me for highlighting how well MSU is in the standings. If you happen to listen to this before 12 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, please, for the love of God, if you like the sport of college basketball, tune in to Michigan State at Purdue, I believe on CBS, because you're going to see, I feel pretty confident in saying this, history made of an absurd stat falling when Cassius Winston is going to beat Mateen Cleaves out for the all-time Big Ten leader in assists over his career. Like, this is insane, the fact that this stat is falling. And I'm, I'm going to pontificate on it for, here for a second uh, because I kind of came of age under the Mateen Cleaves era at Michigan State. We're talking about somebody who had 816 career assists at at state. The next closest to him since then is 733, and that was in 2011. That's the closest before Winston, and it's how early? It's January, what, 12th tomorrow? And Winston's probably going to beat him. He needs five career assists 
to beat out Mateen Cleese for the all time to tie him rather six to beat out Cleese. Like Winston is, is somebody who I wouldn't say necessarily is once in a generation, but he is, if you like somebody like Joe Burrow, if you like somebody like Justin Fields on the field with football, this is the same type of quality player on the basketball court at the college level. And if you're not watching games with him, it's because you don't like college basketball. Like, tune in and watch, because this is going to be an insane stat to fall. You know, and that is great. Absolutely. I actually have a personal thing with, with Mateen Cleaves. It's not a story with him. But uh, so I was – so I'm 6'3". I believe Mateen Cleaves is 6'3", I think. 6'2 or 6'3". Anyways, um, I was – you know, relatively successful in high school as a basketball player. And you know, that doesn't really matter. My grandpa, on, on the other hand, uh, I think he asked if I was going to go play college basketball, like Division One college basketball or something. I forgot. And I said, <laughs> I said, I'm not tall enough is what, uh, what I said. No, I'm not tall enough for the position I played or whatever. And he sends me, my grandpa, he's no longer living, you know, uh, he, he sends me an article. Um, I think the title, uh, I wish I would have kept it. It was something like, essentially is how this Mateen Cleves, uh, who's so short is so successful and, uh, in college basketball. Six and two, so, by the way. Is it six two? Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Six two. Yeah. And so, uh, so ever since it, you know, you, you, I have a soft spot for, and, you know, that's probably why I have a soft spot for Michigan State. You know, as Dean Cleves and my grandpa, you know, he sent me that article. He's like, hey, hey, Dean Cleves <laughs> is, uh, you know, 6'2 and you know, you're 6'3. You know, I'm like, and I want to say, grandpa, you know, I appreciate it, but <laughs> I'm not Mateen Cleves. And, uh, so, uh, no, so I, uh, it's actually, I appreciate that. So, um, well, I, uh, there's a funny story actually. My, um, my husband's a little bit on the uh, shorter side. Um, my, I still have my 2000, um, Michigan State Reebok jersey with Mateen Cleaves number on it and it fits him. And so he <laughs> occasionally will wear it during MSU basketball games. And it, it's kind of funny. Um, cause I was, uh, I was about 10 when they won the title. So, um, for a perspective of how, you know, young I was. And my, my husband's actually about five months older than me for, for perspective on that as well. So I did, he was in the news recently for other things. Uh, I'm not. Your husband was? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Mateen Cleaves. Um, oh, I, I, I don't want to get into that. It, it's, um, it, it has nothing to do with anything post college career. Please. Don't think I'm talking at all about him so reverently regarding anything about that. I'm just talking about him in his college career and his career assist records tonight. And it it's an insane stat that's about to fall. And the fact that it's about to fall is what is so marvelous about it and why I want to harp on it for a second. Um, oh, wow. I actually am looking all. at it right now. The, yeah, uh, yeah. I had no idea about this. <laughs> oh, b- bummer. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah so that, that record will likely fall so yeah and that's probably good so yep. all right anything else or i'm, I'm done uh, that's all i got so go big red on tuesday yeah so we i guess uh subscribe uh to the coordination podcast so get i think three different podcasts i think we might be adding or we've talked or people have talked about it um, maybe an- another one that's more stats driven, uh, and um, five hour podcasts. They're still pumping them out about Nebraska football. Uh, it's unfortunate they have the second best head coach in the state. Um, R, uh, yeah, Twitter oh, bag, handle, bag. yeah, bags and dags, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and. Follow us on that. Um, Kevin's done a really good job lately about uh, doing some live tweeting on that. So 
Oh. Yeah. Join us. I'll do better moving forward on that. I, I missed today's game because of some, some housekeeping duties around home. But uh, yeah, moving forward, I'll try to do better about live tweeting games. Yep. So be, be sure to subscribe. And he's gonna do some. He's gonna give some hot takes. He's gonna. And if 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 you ever see one critical of Kevin Cross, that might be me. <laughs> we all have access to the account, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's all I got. Subscribe, tell your friends, and enjoy the the uh, five point win against Ohio State. Um, and I guess uh, let let's do our sign off tonight as. Don't shoot down drones, but definitely avoid them. <laughs> that that was actually a public safety announcement. Don't shoot them down because of the type of lithium battery. It's not lithium ion. I don't think I it, it was that I saw. It's some other type of lithium battery. Don't shoot them down because it could literally blow up your home when it hits the ground. Um, but stay safe and avoid their snooping eyes. Uh, yeah, well, the... Uh I, I saw it and I just Googled it. And I, I'm an attorney and I get, and he only knows so many things. So I guess the, uh, the federal, uh, aviation, FAA, uh, FAA, yeah, the federal yeah. aviation administration, they consider drones to be a, uh, aerial vehicle or whatever. So if you shoot them down, it's like shooting down a plane. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think so they have to stay above a certain height. If they violate the height, then technically they're not to say that you're allowed to shoot them down, but merely that if you are operating a drone, there is a minimum safety height that you're required legally under federal law to stay above, as I understand it. Um, I'm not a federal expert on it by any means. Don't take that as any type of legal you advice. You are a transportation guy, though. That's a, the, yeah. I, I am, I am motor vehicles. Motor right vehicles. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, supposedly, um, it's a felony if you shoot a drone down. So, if you have all these drones, I guess, coming down, you know, from Colorado, western Nebraska, going east, supposedly, if you would shot one down, it's a felony. And then, not, and I'm like, someone's just got to bite the bullet. Shoot one down of, of these drones. Let down near home, but, but, you know, besides that, yes. Yeah, but in, then if someone wants to file charges, figure out who filed, who wants those charges filed, and then we'll find out who's doing, you know, flying these drones. Is that unless you've heard that who's doing it? But uh, are they still going through Iowa now since they're going west or east? Had they gone that far? Last I saw, they I were. I have not heard. I have not heard much about them. Maybe just because maybe they're in Iowa. Maybe they're going to be the Illinois, Greg. Um, as I say, last I saw they were like western side of Omaha. Um, but that I think was a few days ago now. It was in the Slack channel. Yeah. I say Husker Mike said something about it. Yeah. I didn't hear any. I, I am west and south of Omaha a little bit. So, all right. That's all I got. All right. You stay classy, Nebraska. Go big red. Bye.